A lot of BS coming out of Gracie Park, as you know. Here comes Eric Adams. Of course, he's under fire because two of his police officers tragically were shot and killed. And naturally, he is upset. A third police officer is uh, severely injured. You've had other officers targeted in ambush attacks. And this is not only happening here in New York City, Eric Adams. It is happening across the United States. And, and, and who is really behind this? Trace where the guns are coming from, follow the money. All those things are the typical answer that Democrats will give you. You know, if you stop the guns, there will be no more violence. You stop the guns in the UK, they're still stabbing people to death at a rate that is as high as, or nearly as high as, the gun violence levels of New York City. In fact, in some cities in the UK, the violence levels are higher with the use of knives, clubs, and bats. Uh, crime is the problem. The problem is pro prosecutors are not prosecuting gang members. The first thing he thinks of, the first thing he thinks of when somebody's rushed to the hospital from a violent incident is that crisis management teams need to come in and talk and, you know, sing kumbaya with the gun victim so that they won't go out and get revenge. Uh, that hasn't exactly been working, has it? You know, uh, didn't didn't the city of New York give something like $2 billion to the fat lady, uh, you know, the, the former mayor's wife who uh, who got a ton of money to deal with gangs and crisis intervention and all these things? And what did it do? It only created more gang and gun violence. Eric Adams is trying. He's saying some words to try and get his Democrat constituents from running him out of office uh, because he is worried. You know, he is really worried. Uh, although there is no recall method in New York City, uh, the problem is the violence levels have hit such a high point that many uh, city citizens of New York are just turning around and saying, you know, they've had it. You know, they, 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 they don't want to hear uh, what the mayor has to say. Well, here's the mayor's press conference from yesterday and what he had to say then. Because we have siloed our city. Health and hospital must understand that they're part of the gun crisis solution. When someone is shot and they go to a hospital, crisis management teams should have a room there so they can prevent the retaliatory shooters, which are, which are a large number of shooters. But oftentimes they can't get inside to do that. We need to connect the men and women who are part of our workforce development when crisis management members are out there telling a gangbanger to get out of the gang, they should also have a job application. We need to connect the chancellor and his team to when people need high school equivalency or some type of educational opportunity, they should be there. It's a disconnection. And everyone believes that the gang and crime crisis is the NYPD's problem. No, it is not. Every agency in this city must be involved with the number one threat in our city, and that's violence. But as I stated earlier, and I will continue to state, NYPD is doing its job. Thousands of guns are being removed from the streets of the city of New York, thousands. Since being elected, over 300 guns were removed off our streets. But it appears as though for every one we take off the street, five find its way back on the street. 
see, this is a classic example. Basically, they're blaming the guns for the problem when the problem is the violence, the gangs. Get rid of the gangs and you won't have a problem. You know who the gangbangers are. You know who's selling the drugs. You know who's doing the crime. You're not arresting them. You're not putting them away. Lock them up. You got a lot of cell space in Rikers Island. It's just sitting there. But what is Eric Adams doing? He's keeping his, well, pretty much out there in the open. Uh, we're, we're seeing more of the same thing that has been a mentality with many mayors, you know, that their own side of things uh, just doesn't get prosecuted. Yeah, we know. Say, say it ain't so, man. We need help. And the federal government must stop, step in. But while we're asking for that help, we're not going to stop doing what we do every day. That Officer Rivera Mora did, and the five officers that were shot. And so this is the battle we're facing. But I want it to be extremely clear. I'm ready for the battle. I'm ready for the battle of what they were trying to do. But we can't do it at the expense of 11-month-old babies being shot in our streets. You mentioned in coordinating with the state troopers and the Port Authority police for checks of people coming in, the traffickers in particular, coming in across the bridges and the tunnels, the buses and the train stations. How soon will we be able, do you think, to implement something like that? Well, you know, when you think about it, Lisa, right now you can get on a Greyhound and carry uh, anything you want into the city. You know, there are no spot checks. You don't have to check every person that comes through, just as we do in the subway system. Right now in the subway system, we have random bag checks. Just as we do that in the subway system, uh, we need to do that at the Port Authority. We need to do that at Amtrak. Uh, the technology is there where people can put their bags, every 10th person, every 8th person uh, can put their bag through the scanner to see what's in it. It sends the message that you're not just going to come into the city. I communicated with the governor's um, uh, people, and she's open to coordinate coordinate this with us. It's imperative that we get the assistance of the governor. Uh, I'm going to reach out to Governor Murphy in uh, New Jersey and get him on board as well so we can send a strong message that you're just not going to openly carry guns into, into our city. So even if you're licensed, basically, is what he's saying, I guess, maybe, who knows. You know, uh, the number one thing that they want is a, a totally gunless city. Unfortunately, being totally gunless has only led to more people getting shot. And that is the reality. Allowing people to walk into stores and take whatever they want off the shelves. And then we, we point to the police officers and say, keep us safe. They said, we need help. When you tell the public, when you tell your thoughts that this is going to be what turns the two years to not need gun violence. Right. And, and you know what, Nolan, I wish I, I wish I could. I wish I could. What I am going to tell to my cops and to the city of New York, we are going to do our job. My agencies are going to do their job and stop feeding crises. My police department, they're doing their job. These police officers are saying, we need help. That's what they're saying. They're saying, we need help to stop the flow. We need help to stop putting people back on the street that are dangerous. They're saying, we need help. I mean, what we have done to these police officers in this city, 
where we, from pouring water on their heads to um, not giving them the authority to do the job, uh, saying we're not going to prosecute fair evasions, allowing people to walk into stores and take whatever they want off the shelves, and then we, we point to the police officers and say, keep us safe. They're saying we need help. And so uh, what I'm saying to them, I'm not, I don't have the authority to tell Washington what to do. I don't have the authority to tell um, the state what to do. I'm going to plead with them and speak with them. But I'm telling them in this city, they're going to get the help from their mayor. So basically, Eric Adams is uh, saying to Joe Biden and uh, Governor Hochul and the district attorneys who are refusing to prosecute cases that the city will prosecute on its own. If that's the case, then Eric Adams may have something different than his predecessor to offer. Let's listen for some more and see what he said. And let's see if this is just for show. We've heard this all before, you know. Um, hi, Mayor. Um, um, you married to get one big ask in Albany. So is this your ask um, between race the age and bail reform? And do you think Governor Hopefully could be a partner with you on this? Uh, yes, I have a lot of ask. You know, uh, the city where the financial engine uh, for this entire state, if not the country. And I think that we should be given a little bit more love. And so I have a lot of ask, and one of them is let's go back. I don't want to take away from the work that they've done around Raise the Age. I just want them to look at the data. And if we really want to save these children, we should not have them put into place. We lost a generation of children to drug dealers uh, during the 70s and the mid-60s. We're gonna. That's gonna happen again if we don't get this right. And so my ask is to relook at raise the age. Uh, my ask is to allow judges to use imminent danger. Of way out of 49, 49 uh, states, currently use that. So we need to make sure we look at these laws. Let's tweak them to get the mission we were trying to accomplish. A mission that I fought for. But at the same time, we have to keep our city safe. And we're not doing that right now. I believe she. I believe Governor Hochul is an amazing partner. Uh, she she gets it. Uh, she has to make the determination from her team on what she's going to use to push uh, forward. But I think she understands that we had a we had a real crossroad on safety in the city. So you know when when you hear that you know the the the, the mayor is of course talking about his problems, uh, but there have been some reactions as as you know. Uh, among them, Joe Biden trying to uh, trying to talk back uh, as the White House is responding um, to uh, to uh, Eric Adams, and this is what the White House had to say a little while ago. Uh, you know, between their uh, wagging the dog in Ukraine and uh, you know selling Hunter Biden pictures, paintings, uh, they are trying to do something. It seems, or so they're saying. Remember, 72% of Americans say that Joe Biden is useless. Some Democrats have been voicing in the press uh, recently that the president has surrounded himself with a core of loyal aides who've been with him for many years, and uh, increasingly these Democrats are publicly saying that these aides have left the president ill served. Are you aware of a response from the president to those criticisms? Uh, in terms of what? Well, uh, there was a the Democratic senator quoted today in the newspaper that said that, the, that sometimes the boxcars are empty. Um, you know, you know that Senator Manchin has publicly voiced. I was. I didn't really even understand that quote, just to be honest. But um, here's what I would say, and I think I know what you're getting at, Steve. So let me try to answer your question. Um, I am new to President uh, Biden's orbit. Um, I've only been working for him since I uh, joined the administration during the transition, 
and then joined uh, in this role here that I'm still in today. Uh, what I have found is that uh, I see him on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, he asks me consistently what I think. And by the people who have been surrounding him for some time, whether that's Ron Klain or Steve Reschetti or others, they've certainly encouraged and supported that relationship and engagement. What I've seen the president do, and I know this isn't what everybody has visibility into, so I guess that's why I'm sharing this level of detail, is if you're in a meeting with him and you're having a conversation, if you don't know the answer, he wants more information, he picks up the phone and he calls the person he thinks does. So basically, uh, they avoided the issue. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're saying. Anyway. Okay. Uh, one item for all of you at the top. Uh, last night, President Biden spoke by phone uh, with New York City Mayor Eric Adams to express his deepest condolences over the tragic shootings last Friday of two New York Police Department officers, including one fatally. President Biden reiterated his admiration for the brave men and women of law enforcement who risk their lives on a daily basis to protect our communities including the deputy killed in Houston and the officer wounded in Washington, D.C. And he expressed his firm uh, support for Mayor Adams' efforts to combat gun violence and violent crime. During the call, the president also reiterated his commitment to serve as a strong federal partner for New York City and other communities grappling with the increasing gun crime we've seen over the past two years. He discussed the steps his administration has taken to combat gun violence, including by providing cities and states with historic levels of funding through the rescue plan to invest in fighting crime by putting more cops on the beat and supporting community anti-violence programs. So basically, again, you know, they, they use that line. They love to use that line, gun violence. Yes, the guns are out there on the street. The guns are walking into stores. The guns are doing everything. You know, it's gang violence. It's fueled by fentanyl. And primarily the fentanyl is where is it coming from? China. Where is the cocaine coming from? Well, that's coming from south of the border. It's mostly being brought across now by Mexico. And why is it able to get into the country? Well, that's because the borders are no longer defended. They're dealing with all these migrants. So the drugs are able to move in other places. So they bring convoys up the road. And using those convoys, they distract the authorities. And that's what happens. Uh, kind of sad, isn't it? But then again, that is, of course, what it is. You know, I, I I have a guy who I used to do occasional reports to when I was still doing freelance work for Fox News Channel. And uh, his name is Bill O'Reilly. Now, he had a very interesting topic a little while ago on the no-spin news. He, he's out on uh, uh, BillOReilly.com. You can listen to him there. But he had some very good advice because I was worried about something, seeing all the betting that is out there with people just, you know, throwing a lot of money away on football betting. I love football. I played football in high school. You know, it, it, was, a, it was a wonderful sport. I, I played it when, when I was uh, later on in years. And, and I also played it, uh, you know, even before uh, in, in, in uh, uh, elementary levels, you know, Pop Warner, all that kind of thing, playing it, playing it at that level and learning to play the game. It, it, was, it was a wonderful thing with the you know, teamwork and uh working together with with other uh and and learning how to work as a team in fact i think the skills i learned playing football um was not so much how to play the game because i really didn't do that well as a player i mean you know just barely able to play the game but what i learned was how to deal with other people how to work together with a, with a huge group and get something done how to have an objective and make sure that objective was reached uh, how to set a goal, 
um, how to drive together, how to work together, and how to work in step when needed, and how certain kinds of individualism was also needed to be able to get things uh, in, in, in success. And therefore, you know, when I hear all these people just nonstop, endless ads on TV, on, on, your, on your feeds uh, for, for social media talking about betting, number one thing is, if you're going to bet football, bet responsibly. And for goodness sakes, you know, a, a lot of these apps are, are in people's faces to such a point that I am so scared to talk to some of my friends uh, who live up in Buffalo or even here in New York City or in other parts of the country and just find out just how much they lost more than, you know, they may have lost more than the, more than the, more than the players did by, by not winning uh, games. Here, let's listen to Bill O'Reilly. Just a little bit of it. It's a little something interesting. So let's go to the final thought of the day. So if you watch the football playoff games this weekend, you know there's no way on earth anybody could pick those games. You can't. I can't. And I know what I'm talking about in the football world. No one can. The bettors, the bookies, the Vegas odds makers, they know how to post the odds because they now do analytics. They analyze stuff that you would never even think of. So the spreads are pretty much could go either way. And the house never loses. Add to that, that you've got all these big time movie stars telling you to bet. Every commercial, bet, 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 bet. Well, a lot of people are betting and they're losing money because you can't win. Read my lips here. Thank you, President Bush, the elder. You can't win betting on football. I mean, just the Green Bay, San Francisco game. Green Bay should have wiped them out by 30 points. But the, the offensive line lets the guys in to block the kicks. And, and, and I mean, you said, well, what is going on? The bookies knew the special teams were no good. Did you know? I didn't know. And, and I mean, the games yesterday was Kansas City 13 seconds. <laughs> and they moved the ball down at a field goal. 13 seconds. Yeah, 13 seconds. But you got to also remember that they scored three touchdowns uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a less than two minute and 35 second period. So 25 points were scored uh, within, a, within a very short duration in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Bill O'Reilly, maybe he's been playing a little bit too much on the apps. Yeah, who knows? No, I think what he's talking about is giving well-deserved advice. Uh, best thing to do if you're going to gamble on football from someone who played the game is know that this sport is never a certainty. It is, after all, a sport. Anything can happen in sports. Anything can happen in football, uh, just like in life. So if you're going to get involved with it, Make sure you know what you are doing. Hey, now going back again, and I want to go back again and talk about you know with, with what's happening here in New York City, and of course my my uh, my blog or my video uh, ramps and everything. This is of course about New York City. Uh, I am uh, living in New York City, and that 
way I consider myself a New Yorker. And, uh, you know, the issues of, of gun violence and, and other things are a problem, of course, that, that we're dealing with. But it is something that has to be dealt with over time, and it needs to be resolved also by pursuing and prosecuting the criminals. Because if that is not done, if that is not done, then you are not going to see an end to this crisis. It's not just taking the guns off the street. You take the guns off the street, they're going to use knives. You take the knives off the street, they're going to use forks. Uh, you know, it's it's getting pretty bad. Now, Eric Adams says that, you know, the primary problem is, is uh, you know, police officers are facing guys with uh, AR-15s. I don't think that's the real issue here, Eric Adams. I think he's trying to scare people. Uh, there's a lot of handguns that are loose. You can walk around my area in Corona, uh, in Queens, and, you know, go down uh, Junction Boulevard. There's a few spots there where everybody knows you can pick up a piece if you want. You know, you, you can go uh, over by LaGuardia Airport. There's little spots there where people people are selling stuff out of the back of the truck and pickups and whatever. Heck, you can go down to Manhattan. There's places uh, up, up near the Bronx uh, or in Harlem where guns are sold pretty much openly uh, if you know the right people. So, you know, saying that it's long guns, I don't think so. The problem is handguns, and the problem is handguns are everywhere. Uh, I think allowing shopkeepers and, and store owners to maybe have a shotgun at, uh, in their stores or in their homes, that might that might uh, cut down on crime, actually. Uh, sadly, though, uh, a lot of people don't seem to agree. But anyway, that's just me. So, you know, let's listen to what Adams has but to say. But you know what, before you answer that, we, we need to understand what we're talking about. This is what this guy had on his mattress. The number of rounds in here, he had a he had a a, a modified um, weapon, the weapon he was shooting with 40 rounds in the clip. And he had this on his mattress. This is what's on our streets right now. Actually, that's what was under his mattress, not what is on the streets. But Eric Adams, you know, likes to play the drama on this. And let's listen to some more. When that uh, 1013 was called, you saw the officers come through the door when that 1013 was called. If this guy had this and 40 rounds, something to think about. Well, basically, also, if you properly equip your officers with uh, better ballistic protection gear, uh, bulletproof vests and body armor, they would probably be better surviving. A lot of the problems also with some of the body armor that was supplied during the past administration is not effective. Great question, great question. A couple of things we could do right away. Number one, we have different interpretation if a ghost gun is disassembled. So if someone gives you a ghost gun and it's in a box and it's disassembled, there's certain places where they're stating we don't consider that as a gun yet. We need to stop that. If you have all the pieces of a gun, you have a gun. And so we need to be very clear on the definition. We have to redefine the definition of a gun because when we first define the definition of a gun, we didn't have iPhones. 
We didn't have 3D printers. So we have to constantly evolve because the bad guys are evolving. And so on a federal level and a state level, we need to properly define a, a, a gun that includes the, the, the disassembling of a gun. So basically what they're doing is, you know, not a lot of criminals buy disassembled guns and ghost guns. Most of the videos I've seen on CCTV just show gangbangers with rocks and uh, Tech Nines and, uh, you know, uh, Caltex, I'm sorry, and, 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 and some other uh, firearms. It's pretty rare to see them with so-called ghost guns. Uh, in fact, this has become this, this big drama that the Democrats are playing with as far as firearms are concerned, not understanding that the vast majority of people getting shot are getting shot with semi-automatic nine millimeter pistols, uh, or even 22s or 38s, revolvers, anything. You know, a lot of the times, those are the guns that are the most popular, and those are the guns that are seen everywhere. And that's it for me for now. I'm Mike of New York.